Welcome aboard Living the Dream, the podcast that brings you on a weekly adventure exploring the world of kosher food, travel, lifestyle, and so much more. Each week, get the scoop on what's new and hot in the kosher lifestyle world and hear great stories from industry pros. Turn up the volume. Now, here's your host, Douglas Sokloff. Good afternoon, everyone. And thank you so much for joining. Episode one was a absolute enormous hit before we go into some of those details. First and foremost, I would like to thank my producer and my engineer, Sean of Go Simcha's out of Beit Israel. And we will get to that in just a couple of minutes as well. And secondly, after I just said, I want to uh, thank everybody so much for joining and making episode uh, one of the podcast, uh, Living the Dream, powered by the Douglas Sackloff Experience. Uh, really, uh, I was almost impressed of how great um, the response was. And I thank everybody for their very positive feedback and for um, telling me how I could make uh, it even better. So a little bit of uh, critiquing to the pod world, and I appreciate the the love and the feedback. On today's episode, episode number two. Um, Wow, crazy, crazy week on so many different levels. And um, I I really enjoyed last week having uh, kosher critic David Mossberg on, and it was it it was great to do the show with with somebody. I had many people lined up to do a show this week, and um, each person, uh, for one reason or another, just uh, had to cancel. So you are stuck with me, and I think I can handle it. And just for a level of consistency, I really wanted to be able to get this uh, show back up. But wow, how exciting! Uh, looks like Israel is opening. I don't know if any of you. Follow me on Instagram, but on uh, last night, one of my stories of a Q&A, one of, the, one of my uh, followers asked what my thoughts on Israel was, and I actually said, I do feel Israel is going to open. I feel that you're going to have to react very quickly if you want to get there with uh, the winter breaks coming up, um, and it does look that way, and I'm just uh, super excited for everybody. The one word of caution is if you're going to be traveling with unvaccinated children, you will absolutely have an issue unless there is a, um, an emergency situation. So uh, I would not tell you to plan on packing up with the entire family. If your children are unvaccinated, you will have an issue. Uh, but everybody else, uh, you are good to go. And I usually announce a sponsor of each show every week. And this week, I would like to do the show in honor of all the small businesses and um, restaurants that heavily rely on tourism to Israel and hope that you guys um, pick things up very, very quickly. And um, the next few weeks, I think this uh, initial opening is uh, right now planned through the end of February or February 22nd, uh, just super excited for everybody and um, hope it's able to continue after February. So I, I was really thinking um, so many people like from last week's episode came back and had so many comments and uh, about the different topics that we talked about. And it was a lot for one show. And I do realize that, but it was um, covering a lot of ground. And I think it was amazing. And, and how many people just 
constantly, uh, whether you saw me in the street or you messaged me or you called me. And it was interesting how people really engaged a lot of uh, the topics and had some difference of opinions. And I guess that's what's very healthy. And when you put yourself in a perspective of doing a podcast, uh, you have to be able to uh, handle all this information. So anyway, today's episode, I want to talk about pet peeves. And I'm somebody who constantly just loves life, um, enjoys people, enjoys talking to people, uh, human touch, human uh, interaction. Um, I, I don't like to get lost in, in technology. And um, I think that some of my pet peeves are very interesting. And um, I thought it would be interesting to have a episode on pet peeves. So uh, I spent uh, actually thinking if there was ever an episode that I needed to step in and just do a solo episode uh, this would be a very, very interesting topic. So I thought the first one, um, again, just breaking down of what we're going to be covering on on this podcast, you know, it's kosher food, travel, and lifestyle. I want to get into, um, and I think it's actually, you know, just a fun topic to uh, discuss. And I, 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 I always find that from a travel perspective, um, going to a hotel and trying to get on Wi-Fi. Come on, people. Everybody, let's 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 have this topic. Sometimes you could actually spend more time trying to connect to the Wi-Fi than if you're actually in the hotel. And at what point do you actually uh, give up? So on travel front, that's just a, a really interesting one. I think people battle with that all the time. And and I was wondering like why no comedians ever picked up that topic because I think you could talk about that for probably about uh, thirty minutes. And what about on on the um, the travel front? Um, when you go and you check into a hotel and you are covered, um, you know, usually when you make the reservation, you give a deposit and they charge initial, uh, hold, hold, they hold X amount per day as long as you're staying. And then when you check out, you, you know, you get a bill and you see at the end of your stay that the hotel has basically been holding thousands of dollars uh, on your credit card, and then it takes about over 14 days to get your money back. I'd love to hear people's um, topics, not, not topic, but conversation on that, if, if that's a common thing. Um, I love to travel. I, I love going to hotels, and I find this to be a very, very common uh, occurrence when going to a hotel, and it's just so interesting how in today's day, day and age with uh, technology and um, how the banking system works, especially with Venmo and Zelle, you could you could basically have uh, money owed to somebody or, or, or be paid and so on, uh, in seconds. And yet, when you go to a hotel, and I'm sure there's other things people could talk about, uh, returning things to a store or returning something online, how long it actually takes to uh, get that credit back onto your uh, card or back in back into your bank account. The other thing, I think when you're traveling, it's, it's, it's kind of funny how very few airlines have figured out that, I actually remember back in the day, JetBlue, when they first started, I thought it was like the most brilliant thing in the world, that they never had carts uh, when servicing, uh, whether uh, JetBlue never had uh, first class back then. I know they have uh, Mint today, but back then, they, when they first started, I thought it was just like so brilliant that they never had carts 
in the aisle to service beverages or food or if you were purchasing something. And it, it, it's like one thing that I never, like, why has not every other airline adapted to that and make it easier that if you need to go and use the restroom, it doesn't take 20 minutes because the two carts are standing there and you are not able to maneuver and you're just waiting to go to the bathroom. And then if you're coming out of the bathroom and the carts are there, you still can't get in either uh, direction. Again, this is um, episode number two, Living the Dream, powered by the Douglas Sockwell Experience. And today we are talking about pet peeves. So uh, we're on just a little bit of uh, a travel front right now on, on pet peeves. And like I said earlier, if you're just uh, tuning in right now, uh, if you have any pet peeves that you think that would be of interest, uh, it'd certainly be great to uh, hear from you. And you could um, message me on any of my social media platforms via Facebook at Douglas Sockloff, Instagram, the Douglas Sockloff Experience. Uh, and I look forward to hearing from, from anybody. So... My next um, pet peeve while uh, traveling is, um, I think we may have, oh, ah, my last one, of course. Okay, so let's say you're on the, on, on the plane and, and you really need to go use the restroom, okay? And the carts are in the way or there's a huge line and you, you see that the front of the plane, okay? Where it's either business class or first class and those restrooms are wide open or the restroom up front is just wide open, okay? And let's call a spade a spade. Nine out of 10 people that are sitting in business class or first class are either one, they've been upgraded via um, their loyalty program to the airline or second is they used points to get bumped up to either business class or first class. So. You're telling me because I paid for my ticket or however I got my ticket, but because I'm sitting in coach, I cannot go use your restroom. Um, and it, 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 it's funny how there's really no constant on that. I find, I find sometimes you could, sometimes you can't. I find sometimes if I'm lucky enough to have been upgraded to sit in business or first class, sometimes the flight attendants allow people, so on and so forth. But to me, it's a real pet, it's, it's a real pet peeve because someone like myself, if I'm sitting in business or first class and it's easier for somebody else on the plane to go jump up and use the restroom, or if there's a child who really needs to go to the bathroom and a parent can't get to the bathroom, by all means, who cares? Go use the bathroom. Um, so that's on my travel front. The um, next thing that I, I want to jump on to the next topic is I always enjoy on uh, Shabbos uh, taking all my reading material and I love going through everything and reading a ton of the Jewish um, newspapers and, 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 and the magazines uh, and almost every single week, and I, and I have a whole procedure that I go through that if there's something of interest that I want to follow up on, I'll bookmark it somehow um, that, you know, during the week, I'll, I'll refer back to it and I'll research and, 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 and look into it. I cannot tell you how many times I look at something where someone paid for an ad and I either call them email them or a combination of the two and you never get a response. 
I mean, it is, it is like the oddest thing. And you call again, you call again and say to yourself, why do these people just spend money on advertising and not get back to you or not have the proper information or not know the product that they were promoting, if you're lucky enough uh, to get them on the phone? I remember a few years ago, uh, one of the more prominent supermarkets, kosher supermarkets, specialty uh, supermarkets in Brooklyn had this enormous ad running in all the Jewish publications uh, the week before Hanukkah. And I remember saying, oh my gosh, this looks amazing. I'm going to go out there and and uh, based out in New Jersey, so from New Jersey to Brooklyn, not the biggest drive in the world, but still round trip is, if you're lucky, two hours. And I show up in this supermarket and I'm like, oh, where do you have this product? And like, no idea what you're talking about. I'm like, no, you had this beautifully looking, delicious thing, product um, that you were showcasing in full page ads all across the board. And not one person in the store had any idea what I was talking about, but yet it was plastered in multiple, multiple full page ads in the Jewish newspapers, the Jewish magazines, the Hamish magazines, the Hamish newspapers. And it was just like, do you realize I just drove two hours to come get this and nobody knows what I am talking about? So again, I think they're just um, little examples of consistency and making sure that... Um, People are aware of really what's what's going on uh, in, in 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 these type of situations, but really it, it's bothersome to know that people really spend money to try getting something out there, uh, getting the word out there, and then you look to follow up on it, and nobody knows uh, what 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 you're talking about. But it, it, it's also interesting how, um, and again, this is just continuation of um, pet peeves, and and when you look at some companies. Um, and the customer service that they have. And I, I always personally look at this as, as an example um, of, of why these are monster companies, billion-dollar companies. If you've ever had to call Amazon or Apple customer service, they have the best customer service ever. Ever. And... I always try to use that as an example of whether it's in my businesses or when I'm speaking to people who come to me for a different advice, I say, call them, have a conversation with them. And you will see how one, um, both these companies, most of the time you have people who speak pretty good to very good English and very easy to direct. It's not outsourced and kind of just like makes you feel really good about their 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 brands when i tell people oh yeah amazon has customer service like what are you talking about um and easily and readily available to find their number and to deal with them and um you know if you have nothing better to do try it out just um give them a call and uh, see what they and see if you agree with it but i i just find it awkward how People just take out ads and don't have um, the proper information. A couple other issues that um, 
I think it's fun just to talk about and love again to hear back from everybody is what are your thoughts on proper protocol of um, leaving voicemails for people in today's day and age? I have no idea. And, and I would love for somebody to come out and be able to say, oh yeah, okay, this is the uh, proper operating procedure or proper protocol. Uh, I see it all the time. It, it, it kind of feels like people from the younger generation no longer leave um, voicemails. And I find that to be like so interesting because what you get is you call somebody and then all of a sudden they're like, I uh, can't talk, I'm in a meeting. Well, if you're in a meeting, I think it's more rude to pull out your phone and start typing or hit the button that says, can't talk now, I'm, I'm in the meeting. So I'd love to get people's feedback in what you feel the protocol procedure is. I am going into 2022 and what the philosophy is and what is protocol, what is procedure, what's proper in this world. I would love to hear from people if you're a corporate attorney or a corporate accounting what is protocol in that world? Or is it just sending an email? Hey, I tried you. I would just uh, really love to, to hear about that because in today's day and age, between all the different messaging on social media platforms and, and uh, whatever uh, email system you're working on, this it, it's just really, really, uh, I think, confusing for people uh, what to do. And then I can't be the only one out there who, I'm a big iPhone guy, love my iPhone. Um, Loved the iPhone since I switched to it years ago from the BlackBerry, which I loved the BlackBerry many years ago. But I'm almost embarrassed to say this, but I think that a lot of people are going to come out of the closet on this one. And I'm not the biggest technology guy in the world. I'm not horrible with technology. But come on, Apple, with everything that your iPhone could do, the call waiting feature is is almost impossible. Every time I hit call waiting... I feel like I'm going to disconnect, or I do disconnect. It's like a 50-50 with me. That from call waiting, the back and forth. I, mean, I, I can get three people on the line on conference call easier than call waiting. And I know I'm not the only one out there. And, and um, I, I see people who are uh, listening into this uh, podcast right now in the room that I'm in are actually chuckling over that topic. And uh, come, out of, come, come out of the closet and let me know what... Uh, if you also have a uh, some comments on the call waiting features with your iPhone, considering how incredible that piece of technology actually is. And my last topic for today is going to be my pet peeves when I am going uh, to restaurants. And I think that is um, something that I feel... Again, I, I said this in, in, in the first episode, and I'm going to say it again. It will be something constant is I'm the type of person. I, I enjoy going out to eat as often as, as I possibly can. I uh, had an incredible dinner last night at Noe Ducarne on the Upper West Side. It was absolutely, absolutely spectacular. Last minute, um, ownership there does an incredible job. One of the few owners that has multiple uh, operations. I think statistically, historically, it's it's very rare for a owner to own a Fleischick and a Milchick concept and to have them both successful. In this case, uh, Golan, the owner of Noe Do, owns 
Then we do Carne, which is an incredible Italian Flacek restaurant. Then we do uh, Cafe, which is Milfix, which he just moved uh, to a much larger space uh, on Columbus Avenue. And he took his original space uh, on uh, 69 between Broadway, I'm sorry, between, yeah, Broadway and Columbus and converted that into a pizzeria. So it's very unusual, I think, uh, to see one operator uh, having multiple outlets, both Fleischer's and Milkers, and successful with all of them, and just does a really great job. Um, shout out to him. If you're ever wandering around the Upper West Side, highly recommend. No, we do carne. No, we do cafe. And no, we do pizzeria. And if you have the opportunity to say hello, hello to Golan, the owner, he's the nicest guy in the world um, and hardworking guy, I should say, and has, does not take his eye off the ball. Great guy. Tell him I gave you the shout out. Yeah. Anyway, so let's talk about uh, pet peeves. Uh, continue this about uh, restaurants. And like I said before, I love to go out and I overlook a tremendous amount when when we go out to eat because otherwise you're never going to enjoy yourself. And, and, and I said this uh, last week, uh, unfortunately, I think a lot of the social media platforms that cater to those that go out on a regular basis, they look for like the, the, the little thing, they're looking for the free meal, so on and so forth. Um, just go out and enjoy. But that being said, I do have a few pet peeves that when I'm going out to eat and first I'm going to start with even before going out to eat, but just taking out from a restaurant. Okay. I cannot stand when a restaurant restricts you to just placing your order online. Period. End of discussion. Okay. You can tell me all you want about labor shortages. You can tell me all about you can't find people to work. You can tell. Do not restrict somebody to just placing their order online. Now, I can see it that if you maybe want to make it more beneficial, uh, structure it in a little bit of a different way to entice people to place their orders online. I get it. But to tell somebody that you can only order your meal online. And I get it from back in the day of, of, of the third-party apps just starting. Um, we at Dougie's were one of the very first clients, customers of, of Seamless Web back in the day. I understand it. I get it. I couldn't stand them then. I can't stand them now. I think it's, it, it, it kills the restaurant business, yes, it's easier for the customer. I get it. And then it snowballed from, from Seamless Web to Grubhub, uh, I'm sorry, Grub Street and Grub Street to, to whatever company and to whatever company. And they're all killing the restaurant business. But anyway, my issue with the online platforms are specifically those restaurants that restrict you exclusively to placing your order online is, and my level of frustration with it is, is multiple reasons. One, it's extremely frustrating because most kosher restaurants, I would say nine out of 10 of them, nine, nine out of 10 kosher restaurants have horrible, horrible technology. Okay. 
And in order to place the order online, it, 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 it's, you're doing it, then it crashes, then it doesn't, the credit card doesn't work, it's not connecting, it's not this, it's not that. When you look at the difference at times between uh, the platforms where you could order and, and how well they actually work, it's like I said, nine out of 10 kosher restaurants have a horrible platform to do it. Second of all, what bothers me about it is the, the, the fact that I know that if, if, if you're ordering and you're talking to somebody and you have somebody taking the order, a restaurant could absolutely upsell and have them say, oh, do you need this? Do you need that? And I think it's just such revenue that restaurants are losing out on. Um, now, there's a whole other conversation where are you better off having the restaurant putting you on hold for 20 minutes, just ordering online? Okay, I get it. If you're one person, it's easy, um, no matter to the extent of the technology. But if you're trying to order for multiple people and you're trying to order for a family, it's virtually impossible on most of these kosher um, sites. Like I said, nine out of 10, some very small percentage make it easy where the transaction is simple uh, to order. But I think exclusively saying you need to order via internet, web, app, whatever is, is, is completely, absolutely foolish. And there are restaurants that are out there today that are forcing you to place your order online and then charging what they call an administrative fee, that's a slap in the face. And I don't care how good your food is. I don't care how good your service is. That is just a complete slap in the face. To say, you need to order online, okay? And and we can't help you. You're driving in the car and you, you, you can't pull over to go place your dinner order and you want to call. Again, come up with a creative way. Charge a little bit more money. Charge, charge it. Say, okay, we're going to charge $2.50 to process your call with one of our people, order takers. I don't have a problem with that because you're giving me the option to do it online. But don't tell me I need to order online and then charge me an administrative fee because you forced me to take my order online. And going on with all this is, if you're going through this, no matter what, a restaurant should always make sure your order is right. But if you're going to charge extra money, you absolutely better make sure that my order is 100% right and not missing anything. And I can tell you many, many times that is not the case. But that's for another, absolutely, another, uh, your conversation. What about when you are at a restaurant and the waiter is telling you about the specials and you say, oh, that sounds good, this sounds good, and then you get the bill and you see the special was like $150 for the entree. Why can't restaurants, especially in today's day and age where, where menus, um, a lot of places are still having their menus uh, uploaded digitally and you need to scan a code to get your menu. These things are not updated. They're not printing anything. Don't you think that a server should mention what the price is going to be? Then, probably my final number one golden rule of of what puts me over the top 
when I'm at a restaurant. At a restaurant, let's say you're six people and the main courses come and three out of the six people get their main course. You're sitting and you're waiting, you're sitting and you're waiting. You're, oh, eat, 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 eat. In about another 20 minutes comes and finally after asking, those other three main course entrees arrive. Now again, there's always an issue, okay? There's always something. But when you say to the server or you ask the manager, what's going on? What's going on? And they come back to you and they say, I'm sorry, the restaurant is busy. That gets me going, people. That really, really gets me going. And that's not an excuse. Because a good restaurant, a great restaurant, is operating at their top peak performance when they are busy and when the volume is high and everything is going. And that is an unacceptable answer. And I can tell you again, how many times that happens. That happens more often than it doesn't happen. And I know people are going to agree with me. And I know people are going to agree with me. And I know people are going to say it because I, 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 I know it, but people are afraid to say it. Talking about just wanting to go out and have an enjoyable time. And, and if there's an issue, there are issues. There are going to be issues. And for whatever reason, it doesn't, it doesn't make a difference. But if you go with the attitude, I'm going to just relax, enjoy, have a nice, uh, a nice evening out and, and just not have to worry about anything. There's always something, okay? But, but if you go with a good attitude, but it, when, when something like that happens and you're in a place and, and it's, uh, again, there's nothing cheap anymore to go out and eat, 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 eat kosher, okay? Uh, there's expensive and then there's more expensive. And you want to go six people, whether it's a few couples, whether it's your family, business. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's really just... Uh, gets under my skin. And my final pet peeve is now that we are talking about some of the restaurant technology so on and so forth, and I, I see this more uh, out of um, state than I do in New York, but I, I would assume that the technology uh, people are going to get it here and so on and so forth is when you... Um, ask your waiter for the bill. Okay, or even take it from the top. When the waiter is taking your order, they no longer write it down. They have a handheld, looks sometimes it looks like a cell phone, sometimes it looks like an iPad. And they do the whole order. When it comes time to getting the bill. And I would say most Mid-level to high-end restaurants today, if you're a group of six or more people, have an automatic gratuity anywhere between 18 to 20%. When you request to get your bill and these servers now have a handheld credit card processor or the iPad where they're we're able to process the uh, your, your guest check for, for the evening, and for example, let's say you're, you're at a restaurant and, and your bill is $400. The uh, mandatory gratuity is, I don't know, $60. 
So the bill's $460, if you get a credit, and then the waiter is just standing over you, staring at you with that little line pops up, additional gratuity. I know you're with me on this. I mean, if I'm in a place and the service is included, let me take that back again. It's very rare that I am at a restaurant where the service is so good that I'm going to give additional gratuity. That if there's a mandatory gratuity, I'm good with that. And if I am in a scenario, if I am in an atmosphere where I have beyond good service, I'm talking between good and great, I have no problem, no problem adding excellent, uh, more competition, more gratuity to that. But most of the times, it's not happening. Not happening. Because they're ready to be compensated, and that additional gratuity over, above, and beyond doesn't happen that often anymore, unfortunately, because I think there's just no drive, no ambition once they, people know that they're getting their mandatory gratuity. Now, again, the conversations go back and forth. People say, oh, but people don't tip. And this, that's not what I'm bringing up right now. This is about pet peeves. And those are um, some, a few topics of what I felt would be interesting for people to uh, have a conversation with. And I hope um, everybody enjoyed this episode. I look forward to hearing your comments, feedback, and observations on episode number two of Living the Dream, powered by the Douglas Sockloff Experience. I really feel that next week we'll have some good guests on. And again, thrilled for many, many of you who will be traveling to Israel, many of other people uh, with winter breaks, uh, winter vacation starting. I hope everybody just really, really enjoys and travels safe and stays healthy. Uh, that at the end of the day is the most important thing. So I look forward to speaking to everybody next week. Again, this is episode number two, Living the Dream, powered by the Douglas Sockloff Experience. Wishing everybody an incredible week. You've just listened to another amazing episode of Living the Dream, powered by the Douglas Sockloff Experience. If you like this episode, don't forget to subscribe to get notified when a new episode is live. You can also follow us on social media or visit our website, douglasexp.com. If you'd like to book an experience with us, you can call us at 917-541-1033. Until next week.